Citizens showed up at a Tennessee elementary school to protest a meeting of the Satanic Temple's after-school Satan Club, a bill that would authorize use of the death penalty for child rapists who are adults at the time of the offense has been passed in a House subcommittee, and some of Tennessee's constitutional conservatives are getting dragged into some campaign finance accusations that uh, seem to be unwarranted. All of that and more on our podcast today. But um, greetings and salutations, my fellow conservatives. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Adelia Kirchner. I'm one of the writers here at the Tennessee Conservative. And this week, I'm filling in for Brandon Lewis because he will be busy uh, filling the minds of painting contractors from both in and out of state, hopefully from both in and out of the country, uh, with all sorts of crazy ideas about how they can grow their businesses and uh, make money and support other people. Anyways, uh, he's going to be doing that, and I'm going to be doing this for you guys. Um, but before we get into this week's Big 7, I want to remind you guys that you should not forget to subscribe to our free Daily E! newsletter. Just text NEWS to 423-205-5600. That's 423-205-5600. Uh, also, you can follow us on all the social media platforms where we have not yet been shadow banned. Crazy concept. Um, that would be X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, as well as Gab, Gitter, Truth, Rumble, and MeWe. But let's get into our big seven stories of the week, you guys. Okay, so uh, first up is bill that could enable Tennessee to impose the death penalty sentence for child rape passes in a House subcommittee. This week in the Tennessee House Criminal Justice Subcommittee, a bill was proposed and passed that not only would enhance the penalty for child rape in the state of Tennessee, but could lead to enabling other states that would be so inclined to pass similar laws. House Bill 1663, carried in the House by uh, House Majority Leader Representative William Lamberth, authorizes the death penalty as a punishment for rape of a child, aggravated rape of a child, or especially aggravated rape of a child. Due to a Supreme Court precedent from nearly 20 years ago that basically stated that capital punishment for the rape of a child would be, quote, cruel and unusual punishment, uh, since the intent was not the death of a child, uh, passing such a law in Tennessee could lead to an opportunity for cases involving this type of heinous crime to be reconsidered in front of what is now an arguably more conservative court. Lamberth said, we're going to protect our children in the state of Tennessee. If someone rapes one of our children, they are forfeiting their own life, period, end of story. And let it go out far and wide that if this passes, we will fight this all the way through the court system and to the U.S. Supreme Court. So that hopefully every state in the union has the ability again to set the penalties in their own state. A voice vote on the bill was taken in the subcommittee, and only one representative on the subcommittee requested that her vote be counted. That was Democrat Representative Gloria Johnson, who requested to be recorded as voting no. Um, so after this, that bill is going to go to the uh, House Full Committee on Criminal Justice. If it's passed there, it'll go to the floor, the House floor, for a vote. Um... I'm fairly certain that this bill, this bill pretty much extends sentencing for everybody who commits those three things, um, but not it doesn't authorize the death penalty for people who were a minor at the time of that offense. It just extends the sentencing time that is required for those um, for those crimes. I'm not personally sure how I feel about this one. 
you know, the, the sense of justice in me is like, yeah, authorize the death penalty. And then the, the little bit of, the little bit of Christian in me is like, well, you know, we're, we're killing them. Uh, and we're, we're kind of taking the justice into our own hands and we're, we're killing them. And what if they would have become repentant at some point in life, if we had just locked them up for life and left them to themselves away, far away from children. Um, and then the older sister part of me and the hopefully future mother part of me is like, yeah, authorize the death penalty. So, I mean, I go back and forth. Um, and I I'm sure y'all have all sorts of opinions on whether or not this is the appropriate response. I'm sure a lot of you believe that it is. Um, and I, I don't disagree, but I also don't agree. I, d I don't know how I feel about this because, you know, it is kind of a big deal to sentence somebody to death. But if we were going to sentence somebody to death, this is one of the crimes. Rape of a child, aggravated rape of a child, especially aggravated rape of a child. This is one of the crimes that I would say warrants it the most. So, um, I don't know. You'll, you'll have to let me know what you think in the comments on Rumble and YouTube and all of that fun stuff. Story number two is... A handgun bill for Tennessee's private schools moves on to full committee. Uh, a private school handgun bill will move on to full committee after passing out of the House Civil Justice Subcommittee this week. House Bill 1631, sponsored by Representative Gino Bolso, expands state law that already allows a private school serving grades K-12 through to make a handgun carry policy for their school. This bill will allow private schools that serve pre-K through 12 to also make these policies for their schools. A mother of a child who attends the Covenant School testified before the subcommittee to bring objections to Bolso's bill. It was her opinion that the bill would put students at risk of harm from those who merely had a Tennessee handgun permit and not more extensive training for active shooter situations. However, an opposing opinion posted in reply to one of our previous articles about the bill suggests that this opinion is not accurate. Um, a retired law enforcement officer had this to say. The only deterrent a potential school shooter would really think hard about is the knowledge that he would likely encounter armed personnel in said school that he was contemplating attacking. These individuals have proven time and time again to be mentally unstable, but they are not stupid. They are highly motivated to succeed and hardening the schools would be a serious deterrent. A voice vote was taken on the bill, and the chairman of the subcommittee announced the bill had passed. Only Representative Antonio Parkinson, the only Democrat on the subcommittee, chose to signal the clerk to have his vote counted. Parkinson's vote was counted as no. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a theme we're going to see a lot during this legislative session here in our home state of Tennessee, is uh, the Democrats saying, hey, this is how I voted, and the Republicans saying, um, I'm gonna hide behind a voice vote. You can't see me. <laughs> um, and I mean, I understand to a, a certain extent, you know, uh, you know, if, if I was gonna have a political career, maybe there's things that I, I wouldn't want dissected by the general public. You know, maybe I had good intentions and I knew that it was just gonna get blown out of proportion, whatever. But at the same time, I value transparency, and so do a lot of Tennesseans. Crazy concept, I know. Um, so, just out of obligation to constituents, I, I feel like it would be 
a good idea, you know, maybe if you want to stay in the good graces of those of us who do keep up with politics, uh, it would probably be a good idea for these Republican reps to start saying, hey, this is how I voted. Give me backlash if you want to, but this is how I voted. Um, and, you know, if it's a more confusing, like if it's a caption bill where there are like things that get shoved in there or whatever, and they just have to vote for things they don't agree with to get to the things that they do agree with, if it's something like that, then I feel like you sit down, you put together a cohesive explanation, you put it out to your constituents, and you say, this is how I voted, this is why. You might not understand the, nuance, the nuances, but I promise I'm voting in your best interest. Like, if that's truly what they're doing. You know, so that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, just, I know, I know it's extra work. I know our legislators are busy. Um, but, I mean, why can't, why can't we just be more transparent? Have your legislative assistant, have your intern. I've been one. I know what legislative interns are capable of, okay? Have them put together a response. Say, hey, this is how I feel about it. This is why I didn't vote a certain way. Uh, put together something for me. Let me read over it. We'll put it out to the people. There you go. There you go. Um... <laughs> Now all the uh, legislative interns are going to be upset with me for giving them more work to do. But anyways, guys, you should be sure to check out Mill Creek View Tennessee podcast on your favorite podcasting platform or watch it on free speech platform Rumble. Our buddy Steve Abramowicz recently had return visits from the Tennessee Conservatives' own Brandon Lewis and Kelly Jackson. Another recent interview that is definitely worth a listen is Steve's discussion with Will Hewitt from Tennessee ta Taking Action about how the folks at the Tennessee Capitol are constantly working to reduce and restrict gun ownership and use. So check out Mill Creek View Tennessee podcast today. You won't be sorry you did. There's a lot of interesting conversations on there. Go do it. Next story. Citizens gather in protest of after school Satan Club at Tennessee Elementary School. This month, community members gathered outside of Chimney Rock Elementary School in Cordova, Tennessee, to protest during a meeting of the Satanic Temple's After School Satan Club, or ASSC. The, Sa the Satanic Temple currently maintains active after-school clubs in California, Ohio, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and now Tennessee. And it is my understanding that there's like one club in each of those states. So they pretty much are running a total of five active after-school Satan clubs that we know of. Um, <laughs> campaign director for the Satanic Temple's ASSC, June Everett, previously told the Tennessee Conservative that the club only goes where it has been invited and that the ASSC was actually requested by a Chimney Rock parent. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I, I know it wasn't one of y'all, but what? I'm, I'm sorry. What? Okay. I just feel like I want to know what, uh, what measures the Satanic Temple took to confirm that whoever requested the club was actually a parent at the school. I mean, it, it could have been. Don't get me wrong. It, it could have totally been a parent at the school, but I wonder if it wasn't. Like, I wonder if somebody just called or emailed and was like, hey, can you bring the after school Satan club to the school? Um, I have a kid there. And then there's like no verification of identity to make sure that the parent actually has a kid there. Like, I mean, were they actually invited to the school? I don't know. Maybe they were. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. 
there's a lot of people with a lot of strange views. Um, so, you know, whatever. Anyways, this meeting on Wednesday, January 10th, was the first of its kind to occur in the state of Tennessee. The organization's social media post about the event featured a collage of photos from the meeting, which was likely edited to protect the identity of children in attendance. Now, I wrote this article, so I looked at the social media post, and when I first looked at this collage of pictures, I thought for a second, okay, because sometimes I, I don't wear my glasses, I should, um, sometimes... <laughs> I can't see it clearly, and so I thought that they had the kids doing crafts where they made little goat masks, um, but don't worry, they didn't go that far on their first meeting, okay? Instead, uh, they just took this collage of pictures and covered up the kids' faces with little, like, cartoon animated goat faces. Still very questionable, not surprising, um, but... They didn't have the kids make the goat faces, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know what the takeaway is there. Anyways, protesters showed up outside of the school building with signs reading, there is power in the blood of Jesus, schools in the name of Jesus, there is room at the cross, and more. One protester said, there is no reason that Memphis should have ever allowed an after-school Satan club to come in. It's time to revise policy, and it's time for parents to get on their post and pray and protect their kids. The protesters organizer said, or the protest organizer <laughs> said, this fight is between God and the satanic club, and God's going to bring it down. <laughs> Those are fighting words. Fighting words. And, you know, if anybody has the power to take down an after-school Satan club, it would be God. But, um, <laughs> so I actually got an email, like, the day after this article was published, from... Somebody who I am fairly certain is a Satanist from the way that they were defending Satanism and also from their nice little profile picture where they're all dressed up in some Satanist garb. It was slightly concerning, um, but you know, that's just, that's just life, right? There's, there's slightly concerning things in life. Uh, <laughs> and I'm an adult. I can handle it, right? But anyways, so I got this email from the Satanist guy and... He was pretty much trying to tell me how I could fix my article, you know, be, be better at this, right? Uh, which I would typically take an email like that seriously. Um, you know, if somebody's like, hey, like, you got this wrong. Or, hey, uh, there's more information here. Or, hey, you know, like, like I, I would normally be like, okay, my bad. Or, yeah, I'll look into that. Thank you. Normally, I appreciate people's emails, even if they're offering criticism. However... It was hard to take this one seriously when the guy pretty much called it fanciful to claim that Satanists do um, ideally marry people things with animals. And also it was fanciful to claim that Satanists uh, practice child sacrifice. Um, apparently those are fanciful statements, according to this man. Um, he also through in there that I should have focused on how, like, the Proud Boys showed up to the protest and how there were white supremacists there. Uh, and so I kind of just wrote that email off. Maybe that's, maybe that's, um, high and mighty of me, but <laughs> yeah. So my conclusion on this one, guys, I've seen a lot of the discourse that probably you all and a lot of other people are having about this, uh, on, 
on X, on our articles about it. Um, and I think, like, obviously, most of you guys are like, what is happening? This is not okay. But I think there's a lot of people that are, like, scared uh, and are making the argument that, well, we have to let them do this. We have to let them have the after-school Satan club. Otherwise, we won't be able to have something like the Good News Club uh, because we have a law that says, you know, the, the, the religious. And, and then I keep seeing uh, people throwing in like, there's a reason we have separation of church and state. Um, uh, I, I saw somebody call a little law called the separation of church and state. And I would have corrected them on it, but somebody else had already done it. So um, if that was one of y'all, keep up the good work. <laughs> We're not spreading misinformation around here, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting to me because I guess my take on it, um, is, and I'm saying this as somebody who never went to public school, never is going to send my kids to public school unless they desperately want it and they are, like, 16, 17, 18, you know, but that's a whole different conversation, um, I personally think that there's a lot of stories of people saying, hey, um, it's important that the Good News Club is in schools because I came to my faith through the Good News Club at school and I might not have come to my faith so early on if it hadn't been there. I guess my thought is if you're arguing that we need to let the After School Satan Club meet in order to keep the Good News Club, um, you do realize that, yeah, there will still be children coming to God through the Good News Club, if we do that, but there will also be a, a risk, okay, that people are abandoning God, children are abandoning God for these other principles, okay, for, for Satanism that is being um, portrayed as critical thinking and rationalist thinking and scientific thinking and all, all these things that the Satanic Temple is claiming to actually teach these kids. I'm like, you do realize that if we allow both to exist, you're pretty much allowing these children to kind of fall into this snare over here for the sake of the ones not falling into the snare over here, when the reality is, is that maybe, <laughs> maybe it's okay that people find God later on. I just, I, I, I think it's more, more likely that somebody will find God, um, through external things. You know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm going off on a tangent here. I probably am. But do you get what I'm saying? Like, I would rather say neither club needs to be at school if it means the Satan Club is going to be at school, then I would say, okay, both clubs can be there because I want the Good News Club so bad. I don't know. Maybe that irks some of you, but do you get what, do you get what I mean? Like, I just feel like it's, it's opening up a door in an elementary school of all places. It's opening up a door that does not need to be opened. But I digress-ish, okay? We'll move on to the next story. Uh, while liberals decry book reviews, fewer conservative books found in Tennessee school districts' libraries. While liberals decry the book reviews that the Wilson County School Board has overseen since April 2022, the district's high school libraries have fewer books on political topics that espouse a conservative viewpoint. 
A search across all of the county's high school libraries found 21 books about President Barack Obama and 21 books about President Bill Clinton, compared to 15 books about President George Bush and 11 books about President Donald Trump. The county had four books pertaining to former Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, compared to two for Justice Clarence Thomas. A more one-sided perspective in high school libraries is not endemic to Tennessee, with non-progressive memoirs being hard to find in many school districts. Of the 29 books with explicit content in Wilson County that members of the community have challenged so far, only six have been removed by the school board. The rest of the challenged books were added to the mature reading list, which parents must opt students into for them to gain access. Wilson County has a policy in place to support the balance of different points of view in materials accessible to students. However, the data shows that the balance between viewpoints is far from equal. Welcome to the government education system, folks. Welcome to anything related to the realm of academia, honestly. Um, but with that, I will throw it over to Brandon real quick. How can I bring you these news stories? How can I tell you the truth? from a conservative perspective, not a rhino perspective, not a Democrat perspective, not a corporate perspective. How can I do that? It's because people like you send us grassroots donations to P.O. Box 625, P.O. Box 625, Signal Mountain, Tennessee, 37377, or go to tennesseeconservativenews.com, hit that support button. You know, everybody complains, we need more conservative media outlets. We need more conservative media outlets. But then I ask people, show me your bank account. Have you given? Do you, do, you, do you frequent them? Do you help them? And the answer is usually almost always no. And that's the reason, because we've got to get people off the sideline financially. If you give any amount, we will send you this proud Tennessee conservative uh, not any amount. If you get $50 or more, we'll send you this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. We'll also send you this proud Tennessee conservative koozie, and if you give any amount whatsoever, any amount whatsoever, we will send you these bumper stickers, Stop Feeding the Rhinos, and then we have another one here, pardon me, we have another one here that says, Don't California My Tennessee, and we will send you a directory of your elected officials, so you can contact them when they try to continuously and constantly uh, kill conservative legislation uh, in committees and say, please, please don't do that. All right, y'all. Next story. Number five. New Tennessee Education Commissioner recommends extension of literary training contract born out of nepotism. Ooh. Um, scandalous. Tennessee's new education commissioner, Lizette Reynolds, is recommending that the state keep its contract with a New York-based literacy training group despite the contract's nepotistic origins. Back in December of 2021, the state legislature's Fiscal Review Committee chose to extend an $8 million contract established earlier that year with New York-based TNTP Incorporated. This extension increased the cost of the contract to $16 million. The stated purpose of this contract was for the state to partner with a private company to establish a program to train teachers in early childhood literacy as a way to help students recover from the academic chaos of that uh, schmovid wine thing, okay? The initial contract was recommended by former Education Commissioner Penny Schwinn, whose husband was simultaneously working for TNTP. This led Tennesseans, including some state lawmakers, to question Schwinn's I got this, guys. Uh, it led people to question Schwinn's recommendation, calling it a nepotism contract or, more tamely, a conflict of interest. 
Now that Reynolds has taken over as Education Commissioner, she is recommending that the state continue the TNTP contract. The state legislature's fiscal review committee is already set to consider extending it. If the contract is renewed, the total cost could rise to more than $21 million over the next two years. Reportedly, the training program has been extremely successful, with 96% of around 10,000 teachers saying it helped them teach students how to read. However, to this day, Tennessee is still seeing questionable literacy rates amongst its student population. In 2023, about two years after the initial TNTP contract was established, it came out that around 60% of third grade students across the state did not score proficiently for English slash language arts during state testing. Now, I have my opinions on state testing and how effective that is. Um, and obviously, we can all be like, okay, yeah, uh, COVID happened. So that impacted all of the education stuff for these kids. However, this TNTP contract was set up specifically to help combat everything that was kind of screwed up about these kids' education during the thing that happened back in 2020. So, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, is it helping? Is it actually helping? I don't know. I, I don't know. Do we have evidence that it's actually helping? I mean, maybe it is, it is maybe these teachers feel uh, much more qualified to teach children how to read, um, but we're just not seeing the results quite yet. Next story is Tennessee Court of Appeals says parents can sue state over school voucher program. A three-judge panel on the Tennessee Court of Appeals decided that the original plaintiffs who previously brought a lawsuit regarding school vouchers do have the right to sue both the state of Tennessee and the governor over school vouchers. This ruling by the panel overturned a decision made by a lower court that dismissed a lawsuit that challenged the voucher program, allowing them to now proceed with the case. Pretty much this lower court said that the case wasn't ripe. Ripe is like, like it wasn't applicable right now because uh, the plaintiffs were arguing that you know school districts would lose funding and the lower court was like uh but nobody's lost funding yet so bye um anyways now the court of appeals has decided that uh these plaintiffs actually do have a case the esa program uh the education savings account program allows families in Davidson and Shelby counties to use tax money to help cover the cost of private school tuition or other approved educational expenses. The law was amended last year to include Hamilton County schools. Governor Bill Lee recently stated that his plan was to use the Education Freedom Scholarship Act to continue to expand the school voucher program across the state. Um, the lawsuit filed in 2020 by community members in Nashville and Memphis claims that the ESA illegally uses taxpayer funds to support private education. They also argue that it is a violation of the Tennessee Constitution and that the program makes public school funding issues even worse in the participating counties. The Court of Appeals ruled that the, that the plaintiffs had, in fact, established standing both as parents of attendees of public schools in the affected districts and as taxpayers contesting an illegal use of public dollars. The panel ruled as well that the plaintiffs did provide evidence that they were being harmed by the law, quote, in the here and now, not in a hypothetical future scenario. So they proved that their case was, quote unquote, ripe. The Tennessee Attorney General's office is currently reviewing the decision. 
So if you want to look this case up, it's uh, McEwen versus Lee. But yeah, there is that, guys. It has been established that these people can sue over the school voucher program um, under the premise that it is against the Tennessee Constitution uh, and that it will take money away from public schools. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Our last story of the day, you guys. This is that messy one I was talking about in, in the intro. Okay, the campaign finance stuff. Let's talk about it. Tennessee Registry of Election Finance requests Attorney General investigation of constitutional Republicans. The Tennessee Registry of Election Finance is requesting the Attorney General's office investigate two constitutional Republican groups following a complainant claiming their activities require state spending disclosures. Registry members voted this week to send the matter to Attorney General Jonathan Scrimetti after a Goodlettsville business owner made a sworn complaint against the Sumner County Constitutional Republicans and their partner organization, the Tennessee Constitutional Republicans. Now, forgive me if I say this name wrong. I think I'm pronouncing it right, but we'll see. West Duncole filed the complaint with the registry and the Sumner County District's Attorney Office, claiming the two groups are unregistered political action committees, yet qualify as a multi-candidate political action committee, making expenditures to support or oppose two or more candidates for public office or two or more measures in an election involving referendums. Dunkel contends he hasn't been able to find a political action committee disclosure or any financial disclosures for the two groups. Registry member Paige Burcham Dennis of South Fulton called for the investigation at a Tuesday meeting and ultimately the board opted to ask the attorney general to report back in March. The group denies being a political action committee. Chairman Kurt Riley said the complaint lacks substance and appears to be politically motivated. Riley said, I want to clearly state that our group operates as a private club without a formal legal structure. Our existence is based purely on our collective declaration as such. Riley noted the group doesn't have a bank account and that its financial activities are limited to minor expenses such as coffee and donuts paid for through petty cash. He says the club doesn't provide financial support to candidates, candidates' committees, or other similar entities. Riley says their activities are mainly social and informational through a social media site where the group shares preferences and recommendations. Riley says he has personally paid for promotional materials such as t-shirts. The group's Bible-based platform calls for establishing a Christian foundation for governing, and they have endorsed several well-vetted candidates running against other elected officials that operate contrary to the group's platform. Now, I'm not somebody who tends to be interested in stuff like this, like when it comes to election finance, campaign finance, whatever. I mean, I'll read on it, I'll write on it, I'll stay informed, but I don't really, like, enjoy thinking about it or anything. But I do think it is a bit interesting. I am a little, I'm a little interested in uh, exactly how much the term political action committee, PAC, has been thrown around in the last couple of years. It's just very interesting to me. I mean, we we had just last year bill a bill that was going to seemingly make it to where possibly even the Tennessee Conservative would be considered a political action committee or you know things like us, you know, and if if a group is just getting together and uh, it's a group of like-minded people 
yeah, it's politics, but they're just coming together and discussing things or having speakers and maybe endorsing political candidates that they want to back, but they're not, you know, getting involved in financing campaigns as a group, okay? Doesn't mean that they can't, you know, and donate as individuals, but the group itself, if it's not financially supporting candidates, it's not a political action committee. But Everybody keeps throwing this term around so that we can start defining groups that aren't PACs as PACs or PACs, okay? And that's just a really bad idea. That's just a really bad idea, you guys, okay? The bottom line is, okay, not every politically focused group is a political action committee. And if this situation with Kurt Riley and the, um, the, the Tennessee Constitutional Republicans and Sumner County uh, Constitutional Republicans, if this situation is anything like what happened, is going on with uh, Gary Humble and Tennessee Stands, okay, because he kind of dealing with similar thing, okay, Tennessee Registry of Election Finance uh, coming at him, investigation, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> if it's anything like that, um, I'm gonna go with it's a little bit, it's a little bit politically motivated, you guys. It's just a little bit politically motivated here. Maybe a lot. Um, ultimately, the Tennessee Conservative collectively trusts both Kurt Riley and Gary Humble on this stuff, and I, as an individual, find these allegations to be ridiculous and politically motivated, so I'm just gonna put that out there. But that's all she wrote, you guys, or, uh, I guess all she read. Um, <laughs> if you want to know what else has been going on this week, okay, I have a very simple uh, solution for you. Um, there are plenty of more stories where these came from. Just go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and it's all, we, we've compiled all this news for you right there in one spot. All you have to do is go to that one uh, website and it's just, it's just, it's all there. It's very convenient um, and, and we've done all that work for you. So, you know, just, just go be an informed citizen. Do, do your duty. Share those articles. Share them with friends, okay? Uh, get, get your whole community involved because we are a conservative news outlet. Do you know how rare that is? Okay. But anyways, while you're out there on our website, there's this little button at the top. It's red. It says support. Okay. Uh, so you can click on that to support our endeavors because uh, guys and gals, Okay, both, 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 both genders. Okay, your donations are uh, what, what keep this fancy little conservative news outlet going. It's what keeps us alive. It what, it's what keeps us growing. So um, another thing you should do while you are on our website is hit that subscribe now button uh, to get our free e-newsletter emailed to your inbox every single weekday. Also, be sure to look for this very podcast on your favorite streaming platform and leave us a five-star review. Why should you leave us a five-star review? That is a very great question. I'm so glad you asked. If you don't leave us a five-star review, I will become a raging leftist just to spite you. I will do it. I will. It goes against every bone in my being, but I will do it just to spite you for not leaving us a five-star review. Anyways, uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, your support helps us get our content out to as many Tennesseans as possible so that everybody can be informed of what's going on. We are pretty much the only outlet that I'm aware of that uh, reports as heavily as we do on what's going on in the state legislature during the state legislative session. So if you want to be informed, okay, read our stuff, 
listen to our stuff and share it. Share it, share it, share it. Okay, I'm done. Um, as always, we appreciate your readership. We appreciate your li- <laughs> your listenership. We appreciate your viewership. Okay, I appreciate you coming and uh, looking at my face for the last however long. Um, and we will be back with another big seven next week.